Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We are back from our break. We are here with Alora Dodd, a.k.a. Online One Room Schoolhouse. How are we feeling? I am feeling deliciously satiated from the mint cookies from aldi's that i just ate during our break aldi's not a sponsor but if it were would you be mad i don't we don't have aldi in philadelphia i don't or if we do i've never been to one but i've heard they're nice there's like one in oregon but it's too far yeah so i i have a question for you does having a strict rule book and a very black and white things that are allowed versus things that are not allowed make it easier to live in some respects does having like yeah yeah, like a prescribed regimented standard of what is or isn't an appropriate or acceptable social interaction make things easier like you get in fundamentalism or does the stress of following all the rules and not being able to express yourself as you wish make things more difficult you're following the rules anyway you're following the rules anyway you when i was a kid i panicked about how to speak how to move how to stand how to everything i was so self-conscious but had no idea what i was supposed to be doing in the terms of social situations at least with religious rules they write them down that's fair you don't know why people think everything you wear looks ugly and frumpy and why it looks bad on your body and you wonder if maybe you're a hideous mole woman wait that's a kimmy schmidt reference which is remarkably apt but then you go to church and they say here's the ruler to stick up your thigh and you're like well at least i know now it also gives you a very um therapeutic superiority complex because everyone looks down at you anyway for not following the unspoken rules but at least you can look back down at them for not following the spoken rules. 
It's one of the damaging superiority complexes, but not as bad as some of the others. As far as superiority complexes go, the bad ones are all like, the you know the ones, racism and sexism and stuff. The harmless ones all have to do with weather. That's always the best superiority complex to have if you need one, is just to be like, well, I can drive in snow. You know, I'm, I'm with you on that one because I have my whole harmless conspiracy theory theory. Like, I think everybody is entitled to one pet conspiracy theory that they fully believe in. If you have more than like one or two, you're maybe taking it too far, but everybody should get one. Um, like mine clearly is the Kennedy assassination. And that one's fine because we know there was a conspiracy. Right. It can't be you're trying to bait me. You're not going to get me today, coffee. <laughs> it can't be like something racist. It can't be something it can't be something cruel to people it can't be something that causes real life harm but if you want your one little um harmless conspiracy theory you can have one and i think harmless superiority complex is a great addition to my harmless conspiracy conspiracy theory theory everyone has that one thing where they're like oh you're afraid of a little rain or they were like sandals in the snow and they're like oh you can't take it no, I think mine is probably that I can eat the spiciest food. Yeah, exactly. See, that's we have the spectrum of superiority complexes. Mine, mine. I'm from Oklahoma. Okay, lizards here shoot blood out of their eyes at you. We have death winds come out, and we have picnics. <laughs> the tornado's coming, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, break out the lemonade." <laughs> mine is probably how many Bible verses I can quote. <laughs> Okay, but that's getting into the realm of like fundy uh, superiority complex, though. That one's still it's fundy, but but it's not harmful. It doesn't hurt anybody, and I would argue that it often helps people because I will quote Bible verses and then tell people why they don't mean what they think it means. Okay, so on 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 the next, like going off of this last question, though, do you think that there is a reluctance for some neurodivergent people to? leave an environment where they know all of the rules that might hinder people deconstructing one of the big traits of autism is struggling with change thank you gabby one of the big autistic traits is struggling with change and one of the big christian nationalist traits is also struggling with change so i think those might go together a little bit sometimes yeah the whole jack kyle's things of we never change i definitely don't want to make like broad strokes here but i'm sure that for some specific people things like homophobia and transphobia are really comforting because you go into church and you hate all the same people you've always hated and you're okay you go into church and they say, oh my goodness, society is changing. That's a problem and you should be mad about it. And you're like, good, because I was mad about it. <laughs> I mean, that's just not just an autistic thing. People struggle with change. I yeah, like to use humans. the metaphor for autism of autistic people like to dive. If a normal person, if their brain were the ocean, a lot of times they'd be a snorkeler. They're going on the surface. Sure, they're still under the water thinking about things, observing things, understanding things, but they're not diving particularly deep. And this isn't me calling neurotypical people shallow. I'm saying that autistic people dive so deep into whatever they're thinking about, feeling about, learning about, hoping about, dreaming about, 
that you can essentially get the mental bends when you try to come up. I'm serious here. Autistic people are like scuba divers. Neurotypical people are like snorkelers. It means that autistic people can observe and learn and think about and grow in areas sometimes really fast by diving super deep into the subject. While um, normies might struggle to do that as easily, but they can get from place to place. Let's say that you've got some normal kids and some autistic kids and they're all doing math homework. The autistic kid can focus really well. He might be able to do the math homework nonstop for three hours and not get up to pee or anything, just in the zone. That doesn't mean that the normal kid couldn't get in the zone, but the autistic kid might get in the zone a lot easier if he can do that. I mean, it depends if you're good at math and if you like math, but if they're both good at math and they both like math, the autistic kid might get into this. I just, I'm trying to find the words to describe it. When you're autistic and the hyperfixation hits, it's like a drug. I'm not even kidding. Well, it probably is because of dopamine. Like there's a brain chemical involved. Yeah. But when the mom of those two kids comes in and tells them, hey, I need you to wa row, uh, what's the word? Load the dishwasher. The autistic kid might get really upset while the normie kid can just go and unload the dishwasher. And then the autistic kid gets punished and grounded for sassing his mom or gets punished for not unloading the dishwasher like he was told to because he was still focused on math. It's like you can literally get the bends mentally from having to come up from a subject too fast. And I, I know I'm, we're going to get angry letters. <laughs> people are going to, I don't think I'm explaining this very well. I'm sure people are going to be like, you're not doing a good job at that. But I think I get what you're talking about. So much of autistic traits can be explained by this idea of diving deep, having trouble with change. Well, you've dove deep. It's hard to adjust to something else. Needing to plan things ahead of time. Yeah, because to really enjoy them, you're diving deep and you're going to get the bends if you come up too fast. Hyperfixations and special interests and just in general being obsessed over things. Yeah. Why would you like something at a surface level when you can get super obsessed with it <laughs> and dive deep? This is how autistics and that is something that is seen as incredibly holy in religion. However, you are expected to be able to move from place to place at the same time. In many, many, many religious communities, you have this idea of being able to switch subjects, move on from this thing to another thing, but also they want you to be super diving deep. Uh, let, me, let me explain. They want you to be obsessed with reading your Bible. But you're supposed to be able to do it for five minutes a day and then move on to something else if you need to. You're supposed to want to memorize the Bible, but you should be able to just take it in small pieces in Sunday school. You're supposed to want to worship all day long, but if you go to church, you're only supposed to worship for a few songs. Everything is set up in small bite-sized pieces, but yet you get rewarded for diving deep, which makes it a minefield. That reminds me of a child that I knew who didn't like to memorize just one verse of the Bible and would prefer to memorize the whole chapter. Was that child you? That was me. Yes, it was me. Hi, Sadie. <laughs> because the, it, it, it flows better and gets you more points at summer camp. 
No, I think all of this, the, the idea of diving deep, the idea of thinking in a more literal and concrete way really plays well with fundamentalism rules if the person in this situation is wanting to follow the rules. Yes. Uh, let's, let's briefly discuss special interests. Special interests are something that an autistic gets super obsessed with. Like, for example, the Kennedy assassinations. Or the dead bodies on Mount Everest. Yes, I know. I've heard. <laughs> so is there like some special interests, aside from just your special interest being, I love religion, I love theology. Are there some special interests that if you're in fundamentalism would be encouraged rather than some that would be um, actively discouraged or seen as somehow demonic or evil? I mean, it's a, it's a grab bag. You don't necessarily choose your special interest. I think there are ways to kind of trigger one. I'm like, just, I'm learning with myself how to put my brain in the, in a state where it is the most susceptible to special interest. When I am really like a mini special interest, um, when I'm really struggling mentally, I'm, I'm practicing methods that are still very murky, but I'm getting there of getting my brain open to obsessing over something because that's what i need sometimes but it's still not like i get it you know it's like i work hard to get my brain into the right mindset and then i watch a bunch of youtube videos and see what sticks so i have something to obsess over for the next month you can't just pick one you can't in church if you are obsessed with the bible that's great if you are obsessed with sharks then well you really do need to stop focusing so much about sharks and focus on Jesus. Clearly, God isn't that important to you because you bring your shark stuffed animal to church. But there's, there's a, you know, that depends. That depends on different people. Some people see a kid carrying around a comfort stuffed animal every day and they're like, okay, whatever, kids do kid things. Other people see that as, well, their parents need to teach them to take God seriously. And we also have to, <laughs> we have to address that there's, there's special interests that will get you brownie points at church. There's special interests that people might look down on for not being holy enough. There's special interests that someone might think are evil. Like if you have a special interest in true crime at church, I'm pretty sure people are going to be like, oh, the devil is in you. Um, but there's a, there's a fourth category, which is special interests that are encouraged as long as you have this little disclaimer that it's for God. This is what mm. I had growing up. Because my special interest since I was born has been performing arts. I am always performing. I took every opportunity. In my homeschool co-op gave clogging classes. I took clogging. I did dance for 17 years. I was a dance minor in college. I was a musical theater major. I studied opera from the age of sixth grade. Sixth grade. The grade of sixth. And in church, this is very much encouraged with the little asterisk that of course you're going to be using it in the ministry if mm -hmm. a kid is obsessed with playing guitar everyone's excited because you can play guitar for jesus if a kid is obsessed with pokemon you can't play pokemon for jesus so you're screwed and of course i'm making generalizations i want to add a disclaimer on everything because there's no way we can even begin to express the autism experience or the church experience much less the autistic in church experience here i'm listing some common threads whether they apply to everyone or not 
But I think this is something that a lot of people in your, your Facebook group are going to identify with, whether they were autistic or not growing up in church, is that you have something special to you and the way you get permission to love it. Not permission to participate in it even, permission to love it, permission to like it, permission to enjoy it, is that you have this explicit plan of how you're going to use it for God. Like people would talk about, oh, are you going to join that one ballet company that does ballets for Jesus? See, this is interesting because, I mean, I'm always used to hearing about the kind of fundies that, you know, dances not allowed or music with drums in it is not allowed or, or guitars or whatever are not allowed. But this is this is really interesting to hear. Uh, are there like some, spe- I guess you were raised in a pretty, you were raised with like purity culture, right? Yeah. So like if you had a, a special interest that also coincided with performing the correct gender role, then that would also be encouraged. Uh, look, it's hard to state this sort of thing because as a kid, there weren't many other autistics around. So I didn't have a lot of friends to draw this information from. <laughs> There's a certain amount of guesswork that's necessary here because I was just me. <laughs> And there weren't many other people to look to. But yeah, that was, a, that was a really, it's just in autism in general, your experience in the world, even your experience with whether you get diagnosed has a lot to do with what your big special interests are. I mean, if you're a little boy who starts memorizing the model numbers for trains, you're in luck. You might get a diagnosis. <laughs> If you're a little girl who starts memorizing all the facts about different K-pop band members and knows them exactly as well as that little boy who likes trains, then you're just boy crazy. It has a lot to do with the way that society Mm. perceives your interests and how useful they are. I think a lot of people who weren't raised in Christian homes would get the same feeling that I got from feeling like all of my special interests had to have a distinctly holy purpose. you good? Yeah, I'm good. I just need. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people would have a similar experience with the idea of making money. It's like, oh, you like Pokemon? Uh, what are you gonna do with that? But your cousin Bill, who's totally got his life together, even though he's obviously autistic, just like you, he is obsessed with science, so he's gonna become a doctor. Why can't you be like Bill when you and Bill are the exact same person? Bill is obsessed with science the same way you're obsessed with Pokemon. Bill spends all day watching science videos the same way you spend all day watching Pokemon videos. Bill can tell you all about the human body and you can tell all about every single Pokemon ever invented. But it doesn't matter because Bill's is convenient for society. That's what you're looking at. And it is the same thing in church. You spin the roulette wheel and hope you come up with something that people don't think makes you possessed. Okay, so like if you're a young man and you have, a, a, and I guess maybe your special interest is something outdoor related or, or something nature related or something ecology related, well, you can spin that into being like, oh, well, I really, I'm going to get really into bow hunting. And bow hunting is manly. Bow hunting is is a, a Christian manly thing to do. Yes. That okay. But if you get if you get that same level of joy and fulfillment from fashion design, then no, yeah, uh-oh. you can't do that. 
one thing that's important to note is that a lot of autistics, um, when they find out they're autistic, especially if they're late diagnosed, like they didn't know when they were a kid and they become an adult and they find out it's often, it's not unusual for autism to become a special interest for a couple years there as you're trying to learn everything you can about that. Well, it's part of self-discovery. Like you have to learn everything you can about yourself. And so if you learn about this diagnosis that you have, then you can learn everything that you need to. Okay, that, that makes a ton of sense. So I have another question about the um, <clears throat> special interests are fine as long as you can spend them for Jesus thing. Well, certain environments, I should clarify. Every parent is different. There are so many beautiful, amazing, hippie, skippy parents out there whose kids are like, I'm obsessed with rocks. And they'll be like, yes, you are, baby. Have you ever seen it where, like, can the, you have to spend your special interest into a Jesus thing. Can that kill a special interest for a kid? Oh, God. I was, I was, I was a big reader as a kid. Um, I really enjoyed, I read all of the Nancy Drew books, all of the Hardy Boy books I could get my hands on. I enjoyed Louisa May Alcott books. I enjoyed the Anne of Green Gables books and everything else by Ellen Montgomery. I liked the Ramona Quimby series, but my dad really wanted me to read biographies. And I was like seven years old and reading on an advanced level. So I was old enough to comprehend and he would give me biographies to read. And I just hated reading biographies and it felt like it crushed the interest i had in reading and eventually he realized that and stopped trying to make me read biographies because he was a nice dad do have you ever seen it where somebody has a special interest but when they are made to spin it into a for the ministry thing or a for jesus thing it crushes the special interest I mean, I don't have any specific examples of that, but I'm sure it happens. Um, the, a good way to explain the way that you feel with a special interest to someone who hasn't experienced that is, you know, when you get a new puppy or a new kitten and you're obsessed with them, you're taking pictures all the time. You're posting videos of them to all your Instagram friends, whether they want to see it or not. You're sending messages to your family group chat. You're holding them in your arms. The moment that they whimper, you're like, what's wrong? And as time goes on, that wears off. But it doesn't mean you love your dog less. In fact, you probably love your dog more because your relationship has grown and you know them in a deep way. It doesn't mean that at the beginning when you were obsessed with that dog, that you loved them and then the love went away. It just meant that for a while there was a special kind of joy that you couldn't find anywhere else. And it was so wonderful. That's what a special interest feels like. It feels like for whatever reason, my little pony or trains or Pokemon or sharks or dead bodies on Mount Everest give you that feeling like of a new puppy and you want to spend more time on it. You want to learn more about it. You want to tell people about it because it just gives you that feeling. Now imagine if every time you felt that feeling, people looked at you and were like, why can't you do this with other things? It'd be like if you got a new puppy and your mom was like, why are you so obsessed with the puppy when you, sh you could be obsessed with cleaning your room? And then made you not spend any time with the puppy until the room was clean. But you didn't have any energy to clean the room. You only had energy for the puppy. That's what it's like being autistic. All day long, people look at you and they say, why can't you just 
do something. I saw you do it before, but it was a different circumstance and it doesn't make sense. And then you go to church and you wonder why you're so evil because you obviously love something more than Jesus because reading Lamentations doesn't make you feel that amazing, wonderful, special way that watching H2O Just Add Water does. And you think I'm a horrible sinner. I have an idol in my life. This must be an idol. Because when I read Nancy Drew, I feel this zing inside of me. And I don't feel that when I'm sitting here squeezing my hands just to make it so that I don't feel like I have to scream rod straight in a pew listening to someone tell me that I'm not good enough. That's what it's like growing up in a, in a strict Christian environment as an autistic kid. Everything you struggle with means that you're not trying hard enough. But even the things that you can do really well mean that you're evil because you should feel that way about God. It is impossible to win as an autistic person in life in general. But in church, they will attach heaven and hell to it. You hope that you luck out. You hope that you become obsessed with learning foreign languages so you can be a good missionary or something. So that goes right back to what you were saying about diving deep, because I think a lot of those experiences on the surface are relatable to neurotypical people who grew up in fundamentalism. Being a kid who wants to do the fun thing and not sit and read their Bible is relatable to neurotypical people in fundamentalism. The feeling of never measuring up or never being good enough for the rules is a pretty typical experience of any kid who grew up in fundamentalism. But I think what you've really just illustrated very well is how autism can make all of those typical kid of fundamentalism experiences so much deeper and more personal and more related to your identity as a person. Yes. Because fundamentalism raises the stakes. Can I read you a little bit of an Instagram post I posted Please. just a couple days ago? Oh, yeah, I remember this one. It. It's totally worth sharing. Yeah, so there's one I, I posted, and it's called How Culty Churches Ruin Good Ideas by Raising the Stakes. So let's use an example. I'm going to use an example of a good idea, and the good idea is give money to the poor. That sounds like a good idea, right? It's a nice idea. Absolutely. Well, we support it. uh, A way that a culty church might raise the stakes is preaching that if you're not doing a good thing, you're doing a bad thing. At church camp, more than once, I got told this story of a man who went to a movie theater with his mom. And when he was in there, his mom was all anxious and nervous. And he asked her why. And she said, if Jesus comes back right now, I don't want him to find me doing this. And that was taught to me multiple times throughout my childhood as an example of holiness. Because you shouldn't be wasting your time on a movie because Jesus might come back. Do you want, like, can you imagine? You say you can imagine. That's crazy. Can you imagine, Bobby, what it's like to be a kid and you're taking a bath and suddenly you're like, oh no, if Jesus comes back right now, I'm going to be one of the bad Christians who was taking a bath instead of the good Christians who were saving orphans i mean that really i mean i'm trying to imagine i mean you like and sometimes you just have to kind of chance it yeah and and you'd have to think like how far can i push myself 
to right i think if you're i think like more for neurotypical people in fundamentalism there's an understanding of well i also have to eat i also have to sleep i also have to take basic care of my physical body but when you add in specifically autistic people who think a lot more literally and in a more concrete fashion the takeaway from that kind of statement can be well then i should push myself to be witnessing as close to 24 hours a day as possible literally, even if yeah. that means neglecting taking care of my own basic needs because then that gives me a higher chance of doing the right thing when jesus comes back so that takes the good idea of give money to the poor and turns it into i ate a taco instead of giving the taco to the poor i'm a f***ing loser there are eight of these ideas how many do you want to hear that's i mean that's crazy though but like i definitely do know people that think like that and not necessarily religious people religion is supposed to help with these issues but when you raise the stakes it makes it worse yeah i mean <sighs> Im I'm imagine so rapid fire. i mean it's just yeah go, yeah go for it so if if someone says uh give money to the poor but then they raise the stakes your church teaches if someone sees you doing bad they'll stop believing in jesus because of it like I told you earlier. Okay, so now you you refused a panhandler, but you were wearing a cross necklace. How many people around you are going to hell now because they think Christians don't care about the poor? Okay, the good idea is give money to the poor, but what about all those slippery slope sermons where one bad mistake leads to bigger mistake, leads to heroin, leads to AIDS, leads to pornography, leads to anal sex? Well, if you didn't give money to charity because you couldn't afford it, now you might be afraid that you'll never give money to charity again and you're a horrible person and you feel like you need to repent for all these sins you haven't even committed. <laughs> I felt that a lot growing up. I'd be like, oh no, I did a small thing. I better really, really try to be sorry now because if I don't, I'm going to do all those big things. I need to be sorry for this road I started down. Also, yeah. side note. No, I see how that happened in your brain. <laughs> no, that makes can perfect sense though. about how horrible it is to be taught that even a tiny lie is always bad every lie is bad but then you're autistic and you really struggle with communication and explaining your thoughts so if you said um i was kind of sad yesterday but then you think about it and you're like was i really sad is that the most precise word or was i agitated oh fuck i lied which killed jesus all sins are equal I just said I was sad instead of agitated. I murdered Jesus just there. Imagine that for my entire childhood. Y'all are awfully quiet. Have you not heard that one before? Is that new? I haven't. I'm just kind of like every, every time I, that's kind of how I process things is like every time I hear something and I'm just like, fuck, that's kind of like, I, I kind of end up with like a loss for words. That's where all the mouth noises on the podcast come from. Yeah, I actually, no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a soundboard of those and then drop them in. So that one's going to be like a. No, I was just going to impersonate yeah. you and go. Yeah, that's like, like a horse noise. Impersonation. Do you like yeah. it? Um, I, I liked it. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I got some more. Yeah, you hit us with some more because like these are really enlightening for me to hear. Yeah, the good idea is give money to the poor. Now let's raise the stakes. Maybe your church teaches that you have a responsibility to be to a, a role model to everyone else all the time. 
So you didn't give money in the offering plate because you, you know, you paid it online. But now you're like, what if people think that it's okay not to give money in the offering plate? Uh-oh, what if that causes a, a, a trigger effect so that other people don't want to give money to church? I might have just cost the church thousands of dollars. The good idea is give money to the poor. Mm. Your church raises the stakes by saying every unexplained thought is God or Satan talking to you. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sadie, tell me, growing up in your version of fundamentalism, how much was unexplained thoughts attributed to spiritual causes? Uh, I wouldn't want to say 100% of the time, so I'll say 99% of the time. Yeah, I saw some really bad stuff at Oral Roberts University when I attended. Um, I don't want to go into detail because it involves other people's trauma, but... If you take a ton of young people and push them to their limit, always adding more expectations for them, which in my opinion, Oral Roberts University did. They say that they're about whole person education, but in my opinion, that doesn't mean that they're actually interested in helping you become a better person in all these areas. They're interested in pushing you to work hard in all these areas, regardless of whether you have the energy. Now imagine a school that does that, that is constantly pushing you to your limit. Also, they're done that, yeah. Curating a culture of anyone can prophesy at any time. Anyone can hear the voice of God and change a generation. Anyone can be given mysterious messages. Imagine that. Imagine a school where people are constantly near their limit. In my opinion, that's just what I saw. Probably a lot of people weren't at their limit, but it seemed like that to me. And then you're telling them at any moment you could hear important information. It's not a good combination. No. And it hurts people. I mean, that like, it's like, what was the, the, there was some TikTok that blew up a couple months ago that somebody showed me that's like, your th- that says something like your intrusive thoughts that's really just your uh your intuition or something and oh every- my god do you you saw that my intrusive one. thoughts <laughs> <laughs> jesus am i good that's not even the worst of them all you know my intrusive thoughts have gone way down way down Man, if you think that's bad don't ask me about mine <laughs> yeah exactly Sadie and I probably have the same intrusive thoughts yeah, don't ask me about that and don't ask me about my PTSD dreams. No, but like for, for real though, like people who, I mean, we've all been like in sleep, sleep deprived situations or place, times when we've been under serious stress. After you get done with something like that, your brain does some weird things and thinks some weird things and you write out some weird things that you think are genius and then you look at them in the morning and you're like, I was an idiot. But if you're constantly in that state and anybody can hear from God, then it's not a great combination. No, it's not. And I mean, just telling people, oh, you're, you know, you could be a prophet. Then I think that the people who are the people who are most inclined to believe that they themselves are prophets are also the people who are most likely to have prophecies that are evil or abusive or uh, uh, cruel or uh I, I want to say what is the the 
not self-empowering, uh, self-aggrandizing. What I thought was really interesting is how the IFB institutionalizes raising the stakes. For example, in the IFB, drinking is a sin, but walking through the aisle where they sell alcohol in the grocery store is also a sin because somebody might think that you are going to buy alcohol. Exactly. And then you're not being a good example and, and you're not having a good testimony. Um, this is why movies are banned in the IFB because the IFB typically allows all G-rated movies and some PG-rated movies. Um, but the reason you can't go to the movie theater is because somebody could see you walking in and they don't know what movie you're there to see. And they could assume mm -hmm. that you're there to see a wicked movie. And then you're not being a good example. You're not being a good testimony, slippery slope, so on and so forth. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the ways in which fundamentalism can raise the stakes and make an already difficult situation feel even more difficult for people who are neurodivergent. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. <laughs> 